Hey everybody, I'm Jody Carlton, and this podcast is for those of you who are in neurodiverse relationships, which means you may be neurodiverse yourself, or maybe that's your partner. And neurodiverse means you have neurodiverse traits like autism, autistic traits. Some of you may call it Asperger's. So anyway, this this podcast is for you. And if you've been tuning in and listening to the episodes this uh, summer, this has been a kind of a mini series, a mini season. I've been sharing my neurodiverse family and friendships with you. Those of you who have been following me for several years know I talk about my family a lot and I just, I wanted to share them with you. So if you haven't heard some of the episodes recently, go back and listen to them. And I I think you'll, you'll find them very interesting because my story is so similar to so many of yours. And I know in the last episode, I mentioned that I've had a really good conversation to share with you with my best friend, Kathy, who has her own neurodiverse family and she herself has some some pretty significant neurodiverse traits that she shares with you and we talked about our own relationship and how we navigate that and I'm so excited for you to hear it but we've decided to change up our programming a little bit so that episode's going to be next week and this week I decided to share a different actually a a pre-recorded live that I did with my private Facebook group at the very end of my my conversation with my own mother last week, I was talking about how we really speak different languages when one of us is neurodiverse and one of us is neurotypical. And those languages are how our brain processes the world, how we process information, how we process emotion, how we use logic, how we reason. And it's just, it feels like a different language. And one partner sometimes is really fluent in certain aspects of, of certain types of language interaction and other another partner is really fluent in different types of language and interaction and it's literally like we're using the same words but they have different meanings and so it reminded me of when I went live one day in my Facebook group my private Facebook group and if you're not in there the link is in my all of my my episode descriptions and I really encourage you to join it's a fantastic group we are a very high integrity group in there. We don't allow any drama, no bashing of anybody. And the members just really learn a ton from each other. We have neurodiverse, neurotypical partners in there and lots of really great conversation. But anyway, I went live in there one day and talking about speaking these different languages. And I just wanted to share that, uh, that live with you here because I think it's just really applicable to this series. So that's what the rest of this episode is today. So um, stay around, stick around and listen up and then be sure and tune in next week for part one of my conversation with Kathy. My mind is always on you guys. I'm always thinking about you guys. And uh, I came, I was thinking about this analogy about these different languages that we speak. And I wanted to tell you about it because I think this might be a really cool framework for all of you, whether you're neurotypical or you're autistic. So I have, I have these really great friends. Um, Ellen, you're in, is it Ellen? Yeah, Ellen, you're in the UK. Okay. You're, you guys who are in the UK are going to find this kind of funny. Um, but the first story I'm going to tell is about my friends who are this couple that are some really good friends of mine. And she is from Japan and he's from Germany. And she doesn't speak German, and he doesn't speak Japanese, but they both speak English. 
And so this is the common language that they have to speak to each other. And so a lot can be lost in translation in their relationship because it's neither of their native language that they're speaking to each other. And in so many ways, this is very similar to what your relationship is like in a neurodiverse relationship. Um, and I'm assuming you actually both seen, speak the same language, English, or whatever the language is where you are. If you speak different native languages, then you've got an extra layer of difficulty there. What my, my friends have a beautiful relationship, though, because they have had to learn to really pay attention to the fact that they are, that they're going to use that language differently and that they have to be curious. They have to, to, they have to be curious and investigate because if you've ever learned a foreign language and, and Ellen, there's even a funnier part here about you in the UK, just wait for it. Um, if you've ever learned a foreign language, you know that sometimes you use words and expressions not quite right. If you've ever known someone who, who speaks, you know, I'm, I'm a native English speaker. And so when someone who's from another country that, that has a different native language, they might use an expression or a phrase that translates literally correctly, but it's not quite how we use it here in the English, in, in American English. And so it, it's kind of like, no, didn't quite get that right. And so in a lot of ways, that's, that can be similar to how folks on the spectrum use English in a very literal way. And, and they don't understand the subtle nuances and the cliches and the figurative language. It's a lot of the folks on the spectrum that I've worked with have, have told me it's like English, their native language. They've, they've even said human, speaking human is like a second language to them. So my, my analogy that, that those of you in the UK are going to find funny, even those of us who speak the same native language, sometimes there can be differences if we're from different parts of the world. So I, I lived in Ireland for a while. So the English there is similar to the English in the, the UK in terms of uh, phrases and expressions and terminology. And we made, my, my, who's my ex-husband now, we made quite a few blunders when we lived there. Hi, Amanda. How are you today? Um, so I'm going to tell you guys a couple of the blunders we made. And those in the UK, you're going to laugh. And the ones here, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. But um, there were a couple of times where I made reference to whatever the pants were that I was, I was wearing that day or the color of my pants. Well, turns out that pants in the UK and Ireland means your underwear. <laughs> and so I got some really strange looks when I started talking about my pants because everybody else thought I was talking about my underwear. Um, I can also remember... Um, Kitty, you're, you're there too. Okay, yeah, you guys talk to each other. I can remember when we first moved there, I was, I was in a place, kind of like a sub, sub sandwich shop, and I think it was like a, um, a deli. And the, the guy behind the counter kept asking me, he said, are you okay there? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then he said, are you okay there? 
I was like, yep, then I'm good. And he finally looked at me again and he said, are you ready to, to order? I don't even remember what he said, but it made, I realized, when, are you okay there, was a colloquialism for, can I take your order? And I didn't understand that that's what he meant. And so, again, I was being kind of, I was being very literal with what he was saying to me, just like an Aspie would with the literal language. I didn't understand the, the cliche, the colloquialism. So I wanted to use this analogy with you guys because this is very much what it's like for those on the spectrum. And when you're not aware of it, this is part of what results in those conversations that you guys have when you're just like, you're talking and then you're just like, what? And I, and I know I've said that before. You're just like, what? You're not understanding him or her and your autistic partner and your autistic partner's like, I don't know. Um, so keep this in mind. This is why it's so important to be curious and inquisitive, just like my friends from Germany and Japan, they already know that their common language is going to be different and, and that they're going to miss some things in translation. So they're curious. Um, they, have to, they have to inquire and they have to clarify. So when you're talking to your partner, remember that you don't use language the same. And neurotypical folks, you speak, in, you speak a language of emotions. Some autistic folks don't speak that language. It's just, it's not a language that they, they speak and understand. I was on with a client earlier today who's autistic, autistic guy, and I was explaining to him how neurotypicals, we have a literal spoken language, but there's always a meta language, which is like the secondary language in everything we say and do, there's a an, an addition, there's a meaning, there's a, a meta language. It's it's the implied. There's an innuendo. Uh there's the the extra meaning that's there. And we get that meaning from body language cues and context. And uh that's why we're looking for the hidden meaning sometimes in what our partners, our autistic partners say because that's what we're used to as neurotypicals. And when they say things that are kind of blunt and abrasive sometimes, we're looking for that, what did, you know, what did he mean by that? And our autistic partners are like, well, I meant exactly what I said. And sometimes the, I, I advise you guys to get clarity and ask for clarification. And you've given me feedback that your autistic partners are like, I meant what I said. When we're, we're, we're wanting to clarify, what did you mean by that? So sometimes you might want to just take him for what he said, take it for what it's worth and recognize that you're looking for that meaning because you're neurotypical. If you've been listening to this podcast or watching my videos for any time at all, you've heard me talk about the communication program that I developed for my own neurodiverse relationships. It's been life altering for so many people and I really want to make it available to you even if money is kind of tight. It's called Crack the Communication Code. This program is normally $175, but I'm offering it to you right now for whatever you want to pay. So that means you can get it for free or pay whatever you feel like you can afford. Access it today 
today, go to jodycarlton.com. But sometimes you might want to just stop and think about what he said, the literal meaning of what he said, and take it for what it's worth. And and know that there's not an actual hidden, there's not a hidden agenda. There's not a meaning there. So you get, you get the pants analogy. It was horrible when I told people my pants were wet. It was horrible. So embarrassing. Pants means trousers, like the, the, what you wear on your lower half. And in the UK, it actually means, in the UK and Ireland, it means underwear. That's what it can be like for someone with autism to make a blunder like that and not realize what they've done. So you, you have to ask clarifying questions. You have, to t- you, have, you have to try to find a language, kind of like my friends, the one from Germany and the one from Japan. You had to figure out how to use a language that you both speak. Um, I know emotions, the, the, the language of emotions are very important to those of us who are neurotypical. And women on the spectrum speak it more than men. Men on the spectrum speak it in a, in a range. They have a range of speaking emotions. But women in general, even neurotypical women, speak emotions more than neurotypical men. Those of you who are on the spectrum, your partner speaks emotions. And and your partner's going to speak emotions, whether you want them to or not. We have to decide at some point whether we're going to accept this or not. Well, that's our boundaries. Um, we can't change our people. We can't change our partners. They are who they are. And if they don't speak emotions, they don't speak emotions. So we have to learn to speak a common language that we both speak. And if that's not good enough for us, like my friend, they, they learn to speak English to each other. You know, they could, neither one of, you know, neither one of them said, okay, my German friend didn't tell her, you have to speak German. This is the language we're going to speak. She didn't say, you have to speak Japanese. This is the language we're going to speak. They both said, okay, we're going to speak English to each other. That's our common language. That's what we're going to do. We're both going to butcher it sometimes but this is what we're going to do. And you guys have to learn how to speak in a way that, in a, in a language that you both speak. And you're late in the game. A lot of you are late in the game figuring out that your partner's on the spectrum. So you've got all this history of pain and hurt and resentment because you didn't know about autism. And I was just telling a client this week, this is a total reset now. This is a reboot, a reset. of This is a new normal. That's a word that's all over as a household term now. Your relationship's going to have to have a new normal. It's going to be a new normal reset, a reboot. But the, the new normal can be amazing and wonderful. But, but you really have to decide what, what, you know, what's the bottom line for you. Kenny, you said, after 10 years with my husband, phone conversations are still hard work. He has no idea when it's his turn to speak. Yeah, that's, that's, that's difficult sometimes for, for folks on the spectrum. That dance, that, that social back and forth, um, that's the case for a lot of folks on the spectrum. It's true. And so 
that just knowing this and just prompting is something which you have to do sometimes. Um, Rachel, how do you speak without emotions? <laughs> um, can you give an example? Um, yeah, you, you, well, you don't necessarily have to speak without emotions. It's how you would speak at work. This is probably a good example. Think about work. You, you keep, if, if you work or if you've ever worked or if you've ever been in a situation, even if it's not a paying job, a situation where you keep things professional, um, this is, this, and, and you don't have to keep it sterile because you can have high quality interactions with the people you work with. But it's, it's the, the interactions with your partner are going to be more successful if you talk to them more like that, if that makes any sense. Was that helpful? Liz, you just state what needs to be said, sort of uh, the way you communicate. Yeah, yeah, you beat me to it. Sort of the, the way you communicate at work. Um, thank you, Liz. Um, so, Rachel, I hope that example was helpful. Thank you, Liz. <clears throat> All right, you guys, I'm going to go. I got to drink some of my tea here. And those of you in the UK, tea is served on ice here in southern Georgia. <laughs> I do drink my hot tea in the mornings. All right. You guys have a great evening or whatever time it is, a great rest of your whatever. So I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Remember to tune in each week for a new episode of your neurodiverse relationship podcast. Now remember, this is your podcast and I want to talk to you. Share with me your personal experiences with neurodiversity. If you're a professional working with autism, I'd also like to talk to you. To be a guest on the show, the link is in the episode description where you can book a time for a recorded chat with me. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any of the wonderful conversations we're having here and the relationship insights and tips that I have for you. Until next time. Do you think you might be autistic or neurodivergent? Or maybe you wonder about your partner? or you just don't even know what all of that means and don't know where to start, come on over to jodycarlson.com. I have some quizzes for you to help you identify if you or your partner have traits in common with other people diagnosed as autistic. Or maybe your relationship seems so dysfunctional and toxic and you're wondering if maybe your partner is actually narcissistic. I have a quiz for that too. And a video course to really help you get some clarity. If you really need some help in your relationship and you don't know where to start, I also have a questionnaire that will customize recommendations of all the resources I have available to you based on your specific needs. Get access to all of this at jodycarlton.com.